Hello and welcome again to Oscar Mike Radio. My name is Travis. I'm the host. Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hubazoo Network. You can find out more on hubazoo.com. One of the best things about doing Oscar Mike Radio is getting, you know, to learn about new, not, not new organizations, but new to me, organizations that are doing great things to the community for our military and veterans. And tonight, or today, wherever you are, I'm joined by Mr. Tom Kilgannon of Freedom Alliance. Uh, Mr. Kilgannon, welcome to Oscar Mike Radio. Hey, Travis. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on with you. Thank you so much. Uh, you, you know, I'm always, like I've said before, I, I'm always like not surprised anymore by how much I don't know. And I got approached and learned about your organization. It was really interesting how it got started and how, um, you know, things are going on. Um. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about the organization and how it came to be, please? Sure, I'd be happy to. And again, thanks for having me on. It's really an honor to be uh, with you. And talking about Freedom Alliance, an organization that I've been with for uh, 23 years now that I love, and it's, uh, it's a great place to be working with fantastic folks. The organization, we are a military support organization, and we'll get into how we're supporting military families and combat veterans uh, as we go through the conversation, but we were started at the time of the first Gulf War back in 1991. And um, at that time, we, we started putting together some care packages and uh, began some programs and uh, really just um, got started uh, that way. But as you know, Travis, that, that conflict was pretty short-lived. It was not in the news very often. So when you have an organization that's just starting out, um, you know, we, after that, we went through a few years of, uh, you know, different, trying different things. And then um, I came to the organization in 1998. And uh, just a few short years after that is uh, when 9-11 happened. And that's really, I think the, um, that's really where the organization uh, took off and began to do some really fantastic work. Um, it was um, unfortunate to say the least that uh, we had to do it, but uh, given the attacks that uh, took place on our country and what was coming, uh, we were in the right position at the right time. And so uh, we went back to those early years and dusted off uh, some of the programs that uh, were put in place during the first Gulf War, refashioned them a little bit for the current uh, cohort of, of service members going overseas. And, um, and since then, we've We've just been doing phenomenal work. As you mentioned, uh, one of the programs we have is to provide schol college scholarships to kids whose parents were killed or disabled in military service. And I'm proud to announce that since 9-11, 20 years ago, we have now awarded more than $20 million to students who have had a parent who lost life or limb defending our country. On one hand, that's a very sobering number that enough veterans have died that you've had to give that much support out right but on the other hand what's it like to say a mother or father who's lost their uh, spouse knowing that you all have helped their children their child or their children be able to build a life with a college education oh it's a tremendous feeling and a tremendous honor and um we have in the 20 million dollars has helped more than 2,000 individual students. Now, those students are getting multiple scholarships. 
if they come to us in their freshman year, they're probably getting four scholarships. You know, some of them don't come until maybe their sophomore or junior years, but we're going to help them uh, throughout their college education, their undergraduate education. Uh, and I'll tell you, uh, Travis, we have had situations where our scholarship was the difference between that child going to school or not going to school uh, during this last uh, few years during the, the pandemic, when kids were literally kicked off campus in the spring of 2020 and were uncertain about whether or not they would be allowed back on in the fall semester of 2020. Uh, and we were able to reassure them that if they were going back, their scholarship would be intact. It really, um, it, it really was something that we were able to make a big impact in their lives. And it's not just the financial aspect, although that's a very big part and obvious part of it, but we try and get involved in their lives and be mentors and, and, um, and, and help them out and give them guidance uh, to these students because each scholarship that we give represents a fallen or a wounded hero, uh, somebody who gave life or limb for this country. And if, if we can be a positive influence uh, in these heroes' kids' lives, uh, that's what we want to do. So where did that idea come from? The reason I ask it, a lot of times, the children of our, our service members, and, and you know, I didn't serve in combat, but I've seen it where, where someone got killed. Sometimes the children kind of almost left out of the conversation or not really thought about until later. But it seems like looking at your website, doing the research that focusing on the, the, the service member's child and making sure that child had a, had a decent head start was something that was ingrained very early on. Oh, very much so. Uh, our scholarship program was really one of the first programs that was put together. Uh, it was conceived by our founder, who was, uh, served as a United States Marine for 22 years, uh, was in the Vietnam War. Uh, his name might be recognizable to many it is, of your, it is. Uh, viewers. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, uh, somebody who, uh, to me, is, um, is a friend, a mentor, uh, uh, just a, a dear part of my life. And uh, and, and you know, Travis, so he was in, he was in the Vietnam War and he had uh, the, uh, I guess the unfortunate, but also uh, fortunate or, or honorable um, opportunity to be a casualty assistance officer at times and going to visit those families uh, who have lost a loved one. And so when he had to do that, it really impacted him. And I've, I've talked to other casualty assistance officers who've done the same in the last 20 years, and it has a tremendous impact on them. And so Colonel North uh, wanted to do something to help these families out. And so he started Freedom Alliance and started this scholarship program. And uh, I know it's something that uh, remains very dear to him uh, and, and to each of us. Uh, because Travis, <clears throat> you know, as I said, we're not just... Um, Giving, giving a check to help them with their tuition. We're trying to be a part of their lives. Uh, and if, if you're able to see, you know, over my shoulder here, this, this picture behind me, that's yeah. one of our students at Arlington National Cemetery. Uh, that's uh, Shelby Summers. Her father was Seb Summers, um, uh, Sergeant First Class, who lost his life in Afghanistan. And uh, that is part of an event that we do. That's a deliberate effort on our part to get these students together and uh, take them to Arlington Cemetery, allow them to visit their fathers, and, uh, but more importantly, to put them in the company of one another. It's really the same thing we do with wounded veterans. 
uh, bring them together because they don't necessarily know each other. If you're a child who had a parent who lost their life in, in combat, all the other kids who live on your street, that's not necessarily the uh, what has happened to other families in your neighborhood. So you, you don't um, necessarily know others who have suffered the same loss. So Freedom Alliance deliberately uh, works with these students to bring them together, introduce them to one another. And we have found that they have made lifelong friends, instantaneous friendships that have uh, so far lasted uh, many years. And uh, it, it's one of the great um, outcomes of the work that we do. Well, that, that is amazing. And just if I can for a second, you know, Lieutenant Colonel North was honestly one of the, my heroes growing up and why I joined the Marine Corps, one of the reasons I joined the Marine Corps. Um, but it just goes to show that the people who lead see this firsthand. And so speaking of firsthand, you've been doing this a while now, more than writing the check, like you said, what's it like when you see a child, you know, go through school, say 10, 15 years ago, and you're checking in on them and you see what they're doing now? What, what kind of, what, what sense of, of mean does that give you as you go through your work? It is tremendous. It is uh, very fulfilling. It is rewarding. Uh, it is uh, the kind of work that um, gets you out of bed in the morning that uh, allows you to rest your head easily on your pillow at night uh, because you've, you've done something good and you've helped uh, people out. And, and particularly in these times that we're living in when there's so much conflict and strife and uh, people finding the negative in anything that happens. The work that we do at Freedom Alliance is lifting people up and changing lives and, and helping them out. Um, we're going to meet up here uh, in the next few weeks with one of our early scholarship recipients who is now a medical doctor oh, who's wow. serving in one of the top teaching institutions uh, in the Northeast of our country. Um, we have had several students who are now uh, serving prestigious fellowships on Capitol Hill, working for members of Congress um, because they are gold star children. And we were able to recommend them to that program. And so they're, they're starting their careers in, uh, in public policy and public service. Uh, we've had other students who have um, uh, landed jobs with you know, big recognizable companies uh, who have gone into nonprofit work, who are going into graduate school. And so to see them fulfill their dreams and the dreams that their parent had for them, it is, um, it is so rewarding. It is so uh, fulfilling uh, to be able to help them out in that way and to develop real and genuine friendships along the way. One of our students um, just uh, did a, a podcast with former Vice President Mike Pence. And, yeah, I saw that. And was uh, the first guest of his. And so, you know, they're able to, um, to do these kinds of things and, um, and, and they enjoy it and, and they're, they're grateful to us for providing these opportunities, but we're more grateful to them for being a part of our lives and helping us to see the kind of character they have, the kind of courage that they have, the, um, the very special way that they overcome adversity and see the good in this country see the good in the people who serve it and want to be uh, a public servant just like their dad or their mom was and, uh, and to give of themselves, to share their talents with these United States of America. So did you serve the military yourself? I wasn't, I'm just curious. 
No, I'm a I'm a civilian. Uh, I, um, I I never served. Uh, never really, to be honest, I I didn't give it a whole lot of thought. My parents were. I'm first generation American. Both of my parents came from Ireland, okay. and as I grew up, I did not have uh, a, a lot of people around me who uh, served in the military who were that kind of an example. And I have uh, come to meet many, many families who do have that very long line of military service in their families, and um, it's uh, it's something I, I wish that I had. Uh, well, I, I, well, the, the reason I ask is the reason I ask is a lot of times. I try to tell my brothers and sisters, like, hey, there are civilians out there who've never picked up a rifle, never marched in time, never deployed, who are just as committed to your success as a veteran and, you know, their mission focus for you as you were serving. So I'm curious, as you know, you, you haven't served, but you've been in this role a long time, you, you know you've had to personally grow and develop to really be able to serve effectively, right? Oh, no doubt. Uh, everything I've, I've learned about military and military services has uh, been here through my work at Freedom Alliance. Are there other programs? It seems like there's some, you know, you have the scholarship fund, but looking around, there's other programs that, you know, Freedom Alliance also does that were very interesting. Oh, yeah. So Freedom Alliance is uh, doing, uh, offers a wide variety of programs for combat veterans and military families. Obviously, our scholarship fund is, um, is one of them. We've talked about that. And we have some offshoots of the scholarship fund where we get to know and mentor these students. Uh, and then we work with combat veterans. And we're doing some uh, providing them with altering wheelchairs. We're providing them with vehicles to help with their mobility. Um, we've done some mortgage-free homes and, and put uh, almost two dozen families in mortgage-free homes. Uh, we've got some great partners that we work with. But I tell you, Travis, one of the uh, really big and important initiatives that we're working on now is, uh, is dealing with emotional injury, moral injury, through recreational rehab. So what that means is getting veterans out on fishing trips and hunting trips and skiing trips and things of that nature uh, but once they're there, creating the atmosphere, the, um, the environment in which they can talk to one another, confide in one another, and, uh, and help one another through that rehabilitative process, and not just the, the physical part of it, but the emotional part of it. And, uh, and as you've probably dealt with over these last few months, the way in which our country left Afghanistan here at the end of the summer really had an impact on... Yeah veterans uh, who served both in Afghanistan and Iraq and other conflicts, quite frankly. And it, it brought up all the memories, all the, um, all the difficulties, all the challenges. And so our team was on the phone uh, almost around the clock for several weeks talking to veterans and, and helping them through it. But those are the kinds of things that uh, we want to help veterans overcome. And I know that the president declared that this war is over. And in certain ways, that is true. But um, if you served in Afghanistan or Iraq and you're dealing with emotional injuries, the war is very much uh, still alive uh, in your heart and in your soul. And until we help veterans get through that, um, I'm afraid that this war is, continues. And I think that's one of the big things that people have to understand is that just because the president has declared it over, because it's not on the front page, 
veterans are still struggling with it and still fighting it. And, um, and it's hard. It's not, not the kind of thing that is easily just put aside. Just for everybody out there, if you would take a minute and define emotional injury and moral injury, either as standalone components or how they relate to PTSD, you, you know, because I've heard moral injury before, but I, I'm just curious if you would you would do that for us. Sure. And, and um, I think these these come up in the conversation, as you just said, of post-traumatic stress. Um, it's also uh, often referred to as uh, mental health. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the, the term mental health when we're talking about these issues, but when I say emotional injury or moral injury, to a large degree, those are synonymous terms. And what they mean is it's an affliction of the heart, an affliction of the soul that, uh, that prevents a complete uh, rehabilitation on the part of the veteran and can lead to destructive practices uh, or habits such as uh, drinking too much, drugs, activity outside of your marriage, uh, things of that nature, which are going to adversely impact uh, your, the, your most important relationships with your spouse and your children, uh, your ability to concentrate and hold a job, um, your ability to uh, live a healthy lifestyle and, and get along with others. And what triggers these kinds of things are what veterans saw when they were in combat, uh, we, we send our, our best and brightest overseas, um, but they, they, are, they confront the worst that humanity has to offer. And they see things that no human being should have to see. And what we mean by that is uh, very often uh, American veterans have seen uh, women and children used as, um, as suicide bombers that they uh, were abused, that they were tortured. Uh, they saw the results of torture. They saw the results of very gruesome deaths. Um, they had to confront uh, people who really had no, um, who, who don't value life the same way that we do uh, here in America. And, um, and sometimes they had to do things which um, maybe they feel conflict with what they were taught in Sunday school or, or what they believe uh, the moral law or God's law to be. Um, and, and, and so they struggle with that and they come home and uh, they ask their, themselves uh, a lot of different questions. Things like you, you have survivor's guilt. Why did my buddy die? Uh, but I'm still alive. You know, he had a family. I don't, I, I want to make sense of this. Uh, they come home after having been in charge of uh, the lives of, of so many others, millions of dollars worth of equipment fighting uh, in, in really what is the greatest cause of, of the last uh, half century and, um, and, and find it difficult to have purpose in their life, to find something as important as what they did uh, for the last several years while they were in the military. And so these are uh, just a few of the things that they struggle with and, um, and question themselves about and wonder, and, and, and it can lead to um, a destructive perception yeah. of their own self-worth. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's what we're trying to overcome is to help them to understand that they are valued 
that they are loved, that there are people around them who need them and want them and desire them in their lives for different reasons. And, um, and if they were to uh, you know, do the ultimate um, act of de destruction to themselves, that they would be uh, impacting many more people than just themselves. Uh, that their, their life is valuable and we want them to keep living it. And, and, and we want to learn from them. Uh, and, and Travis, if I, I go on just, just a, a second more. Um, at Freedom Alliance, in, 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 in what we do and, and the way we talk to veterans about these kinds of issues, we try not to place uh, an emphasis on one of the things that you hear a lot, which is, return these veterans to civilian life. Um, we, we don't believe that that's necessarily the best thing. These, these veterans are warriors. They, are, they should be valued as warriors because in that warrior status, uh, they have trained, they have deployed, they have learned valuable skills, they have had experiences in a shorter period of time than most of us have in our lifetimes. And we as civilians can learn from their warrior experiences and those experiences can help all of us uh, to understand the value of life, the value of our system of government, uh, the value of relationships. And, and that's what we want them to bring back. We don't, we don't want them, we don't want to relegate them to going back to civilian life and, and doing a meaningless job. We want to help them to understand that because of their experience and their training and their sacrifice, they have something very valuable and special to offer to the rest of us in society that most of us don't have. That's a very interesting overview of, of my experience even because I didn't serve in combat, but I, I was repeatedly told that you've got to, you know, put away your, your military experience and quit doing those things and, you know, be more civilian. And the more I tried to unplug from my past, the more out of sorts I was, I, I couldn't, it, it was very odd. So it's very interesting that, that you, you all tell us to embrace embrace who we are so is there a balance in how we integrate with society is it a, because i have to feel that there's a responsibility on the veteran side to to be willing to engage the civilians but there's also the civilian side needing to understand that we're different i mean what do you think about that oh absolutely and in the um you know, in the seminars that we put together, the, the uh, structured conversations that we have on our retreats for veterans, we have um, we have recently, in the last several years, uh, begun to integrate civilians into those conversations because we believe that both communities can help uh, each other, can offer to each other some very valuable experiences. Now, when I say uh, we're not trying to integrate vets back into civilian society, we're just I mean, obviously you're coming back to a civilian society and you're gonna hold a civilian job. You, you're not gonna be a, uh, an NCO for the, the rest of your life. Right. Um, so you, you've gotta go back into a company, into uh, you know, some kind of work that is, is run by a, a private company or, or government work. 
um, and, and you have to learn how to do that. But in doing so, you can retain your status, uh, your uh, your personhood as as a warrior, and uh, and all the valuable lessons that you have learned there, and help people understand it. And one of the things is uh, just the, the simple aspect of uh, of veterans uh, trying to find jobs in in corporate America. We find that uh, veterans don't always understand the way. The, the civilian workplace works and the civilian workplace definitely doesn't understand veterans and the skills and the values that they have and how they can uh, help a company, how, how they translate into a civilian workspace. And a lot of times it just, uh, it could be as simple as, as vocabulary and nomenclature and, and how you talk about things. In other ways, it's how you perceive uh, the veteran. Uh, but coming to understand that, that many of our veterans, even the combat veterans, um, they're not just trigger pullers. They're, these are people who worked on logistics and intelligence and planning um, and who took on tremendous responsibility, uh, who uh, are achievers, who have goals and who met them and, and did whatever they needed to do along the way uh, to get it done, get it done as safely as possible, keep everybody alive, bring them back home. Uh, we can go on and on. You know, it's just a, it, it's a matter of opening up the aperture and, and, uh, and helping each side to see the value uh, of the other. Yeah, I chuckled a little bit during, uh, you know, your, your, your last statement there, because I, I, I did a couple of those, you know, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not back in the battery anymore. I'm, I'm actually with coworkers. It, it was funny that way. You, you know, you have this breadth of experience and, you know, while, while Freedom Alliance is focused on the scholarships for our, 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 the children of our fallen heroes, it seems like you have a perspective that there's the whole veteran. There's, the, there's taking care of the veteran's family that's passed, the veteran that's been, you know, you know, injured or, or, or gravely wounded in the military and the one going through PTSD or the one just trying to reintegrate back. I mean, I guess where I'm going now is, is, you know, after doing all that, what's really next for Freedom Alliance as, a, as an organization? Well, I think, um, and, and you're right, we, we do have a variety of projects and programs and uh, the kinds of uh, outreach that we were doing to veterans back in uh, 2001 is pretty different than, than what we're doing today. You know, back then we're collecting up phone cards and sending them overseas so that you all could, you know, make some phone calls back home. Um, and, and then, you know, that changed pretty quickly uh, as, as very large groups of uh, wounded were coming back. A lot of our work was focused on the hospitals and the rehab centers. And now um, after uh, you know, a, a very large degree of, of troops have overcome or are adapting to the physical injuries. Now it's time to focus on the emotional injuries. And the next part of that, and, and we're working on it, is helping veterans find purpose. And so um, as, they, as they begin to overcome those emotional injuries, we want to help them find uh, what is that purpose? What is that skill set that they have that they can help in, in, um, in a different part of society, in a different sector, a different group uh, where they can really apply their knowledge and their skills and their passion uh, to help out others. So uh, once they find that purpose, 
boy, it's magical. You know, it's uh, the, the light goes on again, the, uh, the desire to get back to school or to, to live or to, to give up, uh, you know, a particular bad habit or something like that. It is, um, it, it really is magic and it's, it's wonderful to see, but that's going to happen for, that's going to continue for a long time to come because that's a, that's a big project. And, uh, but the need is out there still on, on many different fronts uh, to just continue to work with the vets um, who are physically injured, you know, getting them these, these wheelchairs so that they can get out uh, into the forest, into the woods, onto the beach so they can uh, participate in their, um, in their recreational activities, working on the relationships between husbands and wives. Uh, because a lot of times the difficulties in those relationships don't surface until many years after um, the veteran comes back home. So that's a big issue as well. The need is great, Travis, and that's the most important uh, message, I think, to leave with uh, your viewers, is that the need is great. It's not going away. We are addressing it. Uh, Freedom Alliance and, and so many of our partners that we work with, uh, I think, have really brought a lot of value um, to the, the, the national defense uh, structure of our nation. Uh, I'm not sure that the folks in Washington uh, have come to grasp uh, fully the importance of the nonprofit community in the health and well-being of uh, military families, but we have made a big impact. And that is one of the, that's one of the great things that has come out of the events of the last 20 years. That and the willingness of so many Americans to direct their philanthropy toward uh, our troops and military families. So that was, that was my next thing. You're doing all this. And, you know, just from my limited knowledge, I know that these kinds of programs don't fund themselves. You know, how does the fundraising work and how can people help Freedom Alliance continue this mission? Yeah, thanks. It's, um, uh, we, we exist on the generosity of individual Americans for the most part. Uh, and anybody who'd like to make a contribution is uh, free to do so at freedomalliance.org. That's our website. If you go to our Facebook page um, and, and you look us up, you'll see really a daily uh, compilation of the events that uh, we're carrying out and accomplishments that we have. And then we have that donation apparatus on our website at freedomalliance.org. It's, you're right, it, it, it requires a lot, but we're also blessed with great partners. Uh, we've been working with um, an outfit called War Heroes on Water, uh, funded by the CEO of Lone Depot, uh, or, or conceived by the uh, CEO of Lone Depot. And we just had 100 veterans out in Southern California um, for four days of, of deep sea fishing. And I'll tell you, Travis, it was, it was amazing. Um, it was cathartic. It was uh, tremendous uh, uh, help to their rehabilitation, and uh, and they just loved it. And that is a that's an event where uh, we're able to get boat um, captains and, and crews uh, donated to us. They all give up their time and their their resources, and they develop very important, lasting friendships with the veterans that we take out. And our big part of their healing process. And it has been a wonderful thing to see. There's so much love, there's so much patriotism, there's so much uh, support uh, for our, our troops out there across this country that we've just, we've got to find ways uh, to bring more people into it because there's, um, there's a tremendous desire 
to help out our troops because there's a great affinity for them. And we have to, uh, we have to find those who are willing to help and we have to convey and show that desire to the veterans so they understand just how important they are to their families, to their communities and to their country. Looking on your Facebook page and your website, it seemed like that when these boat captains and these people do these kind of activities for the veterans you serve, that it's almost like they get something out of it that, that they didn't get before, and they really want to come back and do it again. Am I seeing that right? You are seeing that right. There is, um, when, when you... When a civilian participates in one of these events and has the opportunity to spend time with uh, somebody who has deployed, who has been in combat, and and have meaningful conversations, you know, and, and when you're out when you're out on a boat for four days, uh, and and the fish are not biting, you know, you have you have to talk and you have to have good conversations, and um, the the civilians. You're right. They they get as much out of it, if not more, uh, than the veterans themselves. And so that is that's the le- that's one of the lessons there to the veterans. See how you're helping. You know, when we sent you overseas, you were an ambassador uh, of sorts for our country to these these places you went to. You represented us well. You did so honorably. Um, and now, as a civilian here on the home front. You're an ambassador from the military, the veteran community to the civilian community. And you help us understand uh, what military service is, what it requires, what the sacrifices uh, might entail and the challenges that you've been through. And, And so we bring that back to our organizations, to our companies, to our communities so that we can make, um, make a difference and change things. And just to, you know, to, to give an example to that, um, we have worked with a veteran who has been instrumental in setting up uh, what are known as veterans courts, uh, which oh, you yeah. may have heard. Of. Yep. And these are, um, these are courts of law with a judge and prosecutor and all that. And when, when certain veterans get into trouble, uh, maybe with driving or in a, in a, an altercation or, or something like that, um, sometimes, many times, that is because of their PTS, their injuries, um, the experience that they had in combat, which, uh, which, which impacts on the situation. And, uh, and so these veterans courts are designed to take into account those very special circumstances so that uh, fairness can be applied uh, to all sides. And, and, and as one example, when you're in Afghanistan and your job is to get from point A to point B, and there's only one roadway, uh, which is littered with IEDs, you become a very aggressive driver, right? Yeah. And so you bring that home and many veterans have come home and become an aggressive driver here on America's highways because of their experience in Afghanistan. Because when they see a mailbox or they see uh, another vehicle or they see some, it triggers a memory that they think it could be a terrorist, it could be a bomb, it could be a dangerous situation, and that impacts their driving here. And it takes them a little bit of time just to, to readjust. And so we should be taking that experience into account if, you know, if there was a traffic violation 
and we want to um, we want to have a fair outcome for that veteran and, and all involved. I've seen it in Tennessee um, where it really helped a Marine veteran out. And I think there's a place for these veterans courts. And it's so good to hear that you support them. Um, you know, as we close down, you know, I've gotten an idea of the mission and, and what's next. Um, you've covered a wide range of, of veterans topics. Um, I think the thing that I, I got, out of this is if you're a civilian, there, there's plenty of opportunity for you to get with an organization like yours or Freedom Alliance directly and impact a veteran's life. Is that fair to say? Yes, um, we, we'd love to have the support of, of all the companies and civilians out there, give to Freedom Alliance and, and help us to um, provide cars and homes and retreats uh, for veterans, provide scholarships for their children, and, uh, and take care of those who have served us so well. Awesome, awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Travis. I'm the host of Oscar Mike Radio. I am with the president of Freedom Alliance, Mr. Tom Kilgannon. Uh, I'm going to have the link to uh, the website and the Facebook page in the show post. You can check it out. I, I just love talking to your kind of organizations, especially one that is boots on the ground, but in Washington and really aware of what's going on in the community and how uh, you all can make change in, in my life even. It, it's really been great talking with you, sir. Well, thank you, Travis. The pleasure is all mine. And uh, don't hold the fact that we're in the Washington area against us. Uh, we're, we're actually in, in Northern Virginia. So we're over the horizon, you might say. That is true. That is true. I mean, but the thing is, a lot of people, some, the reason I say is a lot of people sometimes think, well, if they're in Washington, they're out of touch. And you, you, you've got to be where the, the action is in order to advocate effectively, I think. That's just my personal opinion. But Absolutely. And we, and we work all over the country. Uh, wherever the veteran is, uh, we're going we're gonna to go help them. I'll be in Tampa, Florida next week. Uh, taking care of two veterans. We'll be in Texas in a uh, few weeks after that, up in Minnesota. Um, so wherever we can uh, help somebody out, uh, as long as we've got the, the resources, uh, we're going to make it happen. And I really appreciate the opportunity to, to be with you. I thank you for your service and I wish you a belated uh, happy birthday for the Marine Corps. Tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, this guy is hitting all cylinders tonight. <laughs> again, Tom, thank you very much. I hope to be able to talk with you again as I learn more about Freedom Alliance and you know take what I have and advocate uh, you know for the mission you all are doing. I just want to thank you for coming on. And as we say in uh, Oscar Mike Rita, we are mission in flight. Thank you. Thank you.